Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our Southridge member podcast. And uh, one of the routines that we have on kind of a monthly basis is profiling a leader around Southridge. And I'm excited to profile someone who's been leading for some time, but is only back in that leadership seat, uh, our family life admin, Jade Bowie. So Jade, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. And uh, give us a bit of just an update on how things are going in your own world, your family and husband and kids and that whole that whole scoop. Yeah, well, like you said, I'm just back back to work in the past month from maternity leave. Um, so I was able to be home for the past year and a half uh, after having my third little one, Naomi. So I have Naomi at home. She's 18 months now. Joel is three and a half. Adeline's five and a half. And Greg is 32 and a half. So uh, that's kind of what I get to manage at home every day. <laughs> um, and, and how's it going at home? Yeah, I mean, things are good right now. I would say things are, are actually in a better spot now, even with me being back to work than they would have been at times last year, um, dealing with challenges with the pandemic, um, you know, having to deal with our relationships in the midst of all that, kind of being confined at home. Um, our kids being so little and needing so much care during all this time. Um, so they're a bit older than they were a year ago. Adeline's in school, which makes a difference. And now that I'm back to work, my parents are helping watch the little ones two days a week. So um, I actually have some some peace and a quiet home for the first time, uh, really, since the pandemic started. But that feels amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um want to talk about this maternity leave just for a minute because uh, like you said you just returned from it was actually our first ever year and a half maternity leave that was a, a shift that the, the government created just a little while ago um, what did that feel like it was amazing like it really did feel like um, a huge gift to be able to take that time and know that I have a job to come back to and be able to just focus on being at home and healing and bonding and being there for my kids. Um, so I would totally recommend it to anybody who has that option. Um, and I really did see it with each of my maternity leaves, all three of them, as a gift to be able to be home and focus on the kids. So um, I'm, I'm able to, to pretty easily kind of shut off that um, work mode. Not that I, that doesn't mean that I don't care about Southridge or family ministry. Obviously I still do, but, um, really tried to, um, create that boundary so that I could focus on being with the kids. It's so interesting. Isn't, isn't it with Matt leaves of, of church employees, because, uh, I know I've worked with a, a, a few directly and, uh, you know, you're off work, but you're still an active part of the church. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of tricky to know how to navigate that gear of how do I be completely out of the zone and, and, you know, into my, into my home situation. And at the same time, I'm participating in services every week. I'm part of a life group. I'm like, I'm still, 
uh, actively engaged and I'm not away from it really at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that, that dynamic of how, what it was like being at home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to focus on your family and, and juggle that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was my third baby, my third mat leave. So it wasn't totally new for me to figure out that balance. Um, but yeah, it definitely is like, you're still interested and still checking in with family ministry team and wanting to know what's happening, but not wanting to, uh, you know, step on toes or, uh, ask questions if things are still being worked on, but wanting to stay in the loop. Um, it's also interesting just for the kids who understand that I work at the church and, um, wondering what I'm doing and, um, they still want to know what's going on and be involved in things as well. Um, the other thing was when I think about my maternity leave, uh, I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but probably, I don't know who, who actually listens to the podcast, but probably a lot of the podcast audience wouldn't know that my mat leave actually started earlier than when Naomi was born. Cause I had broken my foot when I was eight months pregnant. So I was actually off right. maybe, maybe six right. weeks <laughs> um, on sick leave before that. Uh, so it was a pretty bad break and, couldn't get surgery because I was so pregnant. So, um, you know, I, I was kind of starting that process of disconnecting or focusing on home even earlier. Um, so when I think about the pandemic or my mat leave, it kind of, you know, the pandemic was a lot of it, but even before the pandemic, I was limited in my mobility and what I could engage in and, um, kind of this process of having to let go and focus on being content in my space even before the pandemic started. Hmm. And you talk about the pandemic, uh, you know, having been through other mat leaves before and juggled that I'm still part of the church, but I'm not working at the church right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking that line. And I mean, my hope is just from the, the employment perspective that we didn't overburden you with family oh, ministry no, talk and work <laughs> talk. And we, we, we let you. We let you just enjoy being at home, but uh, just talk a little bit more about what that must have been like. You know, you're you're psyched up for this now extended mat leave, this year and a half, and all of a sudden, very early into it, COVID hits, and now your whole house is home with you. And I mean, Greg, for the most part, has been working from home, correct? Yeah, Greg's been working at home exclusively for a year now. Yeah, so it's everything happening on top of everything. How's that going? Um, yeah, so that's, uh, been going well, um, now that we're kind of used to it, definitely challenges trying to figure that out. Um, I think Greg would prefer to be, have a a little space from the house and be around people. So working exclusively from home in kind of a basement office, um, has been challenging for him. And then for me with the little kids trying to navigate how to engage with them and do homeschooling when schools have been canceled, um, while still giving him kind of the, the peace and the space when he has meetings or when he needs to get work done. Um, the other thing is typically when I've had a baby, I've enjoyed doing things like mom's group or little activities with the kids or different classes. So, um, kind of losing that, those experiences with Naomi was significant. And then for the older kids, them losing the opportunity to participate in activities or Joel with the good nursery school and he didn't go. So um, they, they've kind of also felt those changes. Um, and so we've had to just really be 
it's almost been an opportunity to, to learn how to be even more intentional about our family life and how we raise our kids. Um, one of the things family ministry always says is that parents are the spiritual champions of their kids. Um, and I don't know how much people actually think that or live that out at home. I know for me personally, it took me a, a few years to really kind of own that role and um, kind of step into that, that space, not just as my kid's mom, but as the person who can um, have a big impact on how they view Jesus and what they learn about it, um, learn about the church and faith. So really being exclusively at home gave us opportunities to, you know, be more intentional about having conversations with the kids or my personality is the type that as soon as the pandemic hit, I'm printing out like a picture schedule of the day. So we started with uh, a little Bible reading time for the kids or a Bible story or song. Um, so learning how to be intentional about that with them throughout the past year has been lots of fun as well. Well, and it's interesting, you know, you're opening up, a, 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 I think, a, a conversation I'm curious to have from a family ministry leader who was just experiencing family life and, frankly, experiencing uh, some of the dynamics of our family ministry from the recipient side, not from the leadership side, especially during COVID. So uh, I feel like being at home on mat leave during the pandemic has given you an up-close and kind of personal view of how families, especially families with young kids, have had to navigate the pandemic. So, you know, I'd be curious, first off, Jade, what, what do those of us, people like myself and maybe others listening, who don't have young kids, what do we not appreciate about what pandemic life has been life has been like with young kids? I would say just the constant nature of it. Um, I know that every everybody has their own challenges and um, people with kids of all ages experience different challenges through the ages. But when they're so little, it's just so physical and so demanding and so constant. And I already mentioned being grateful that uh, my parents are watching our two little ones two days a week now. Um, but with the pandemic, losing those opportunities to have play dates or have babysitters, um, you're just kind of on all the time. Um, and my kids are not great sleepers, so it's like 24 hours a day. Uh, day starts at 5.30 a.m. and it's just just constant, everybody needing uh, your help with everything because they're so helpless at that age. What would you say the greatest challenge was during the pandemic for you or uh, talk about for your kids? What impact did it have on your kids? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I look at the kids, I mean, they are still little. So in some ways, things were easier at first. But the longer it goes on, I notice, especially in the little ones, because um, our oldest, Adeline, at least has school or she had virtual school. She has those pre-existing relationships. But, you know, Joel hasn't had the opportunity to have play dates or make friends or do a sport or go to preschool. Um, so I feel comforted that when he does start school in September, all the kids will be in the same boat pretty much. Um, but you know, I, I do wonder about how he's going to react on other people. He hasn't learned how to listen to a leader other than me. Um, and our baby Mm -hmm. Naomi, as we've seen some people outside over the past month, as things have loosened up, she's just terrified. She just will, you know, hide her head against my chest. And we'd say she's hiding. She's just paralyzed, refuses to look, doesn't want anyone to look at her because she's not used to seeing 
faces other than ours. So that'll be interesting mm -hmm. as we um, maybe see more people or restrictions loosen up. Um, I would say parents of young kids would really uh -huh. appreciate, you know, support or breaks from other people. And I think the kids will need other people to really uh, care about them and show them extra love and patience. Hmm. Your story about Naomi is fascinating. I, I'm curious to know from a parent's perspective, especially a parent of young kids, what you're seeing as perhaps some of the primary legacies of the pandemic on families with young kids and maybe even on kids themselves. What, what do we not realize that they're actually going to carry into their future or into this next phase of their lives, knowing that this pandemic having lasted a year or now longer than a year um, is going to be a huge percentage of their life so far, or at least of their conscious life so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a heightened stranger danger. Like they're going to be, you know, in quote unquote normal times, they would maybe experience that at certain developmental stages, but um, they're just not used to other people. Um, I'm sure when, you know, we can have a babysitter one day or when we can open the nursery at church that they're all going to struggle with being away from their familiar people. Um, I mean, and then masks, you know, trying to get little kids to keep masks on. They, they chew on it and they spit on it and they throw it on the floor. And, you know, I wonder if they're doing more damage by playing with it and <laughs> having their hands there than uh, benefit of having the mask on. But um yeah, that's shaping how they view people and how they're able to interact with their teachers and uh, people they see in public. You talked about uh, your desire to live out this family ministry value of partnering with parents as the primary spiritual champion. Uh, do you want to make any more comments of just what that looked like in your home to, to play that role with your kids or to play it uniquely during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would say I, I didn't grow up from a faith background and my husband grew up Catholic. So, um, I don't know why I held on to this, but even though I've obviously grown in my faith as an adult and, um, pursued ministry and, you know, kind of soaked up all these opportunities, I feel like because I didn't have the firsthand experience of being a child learning about God. I, um, when we first had kids was kind of expecting or waiting for, for Greg to, to lead the charge or really, um, you know, take on that leadership role in the family. And that's just not his wheelhouse, which is fine, but it took me a couple years, um, to really take on that role myself and to realize that it doesn't have to be one person or the other. It doesn't matter what your background is. I'm sure other people have um, maybe have similar situations. So I would just want to encourage whoever's listening that, you know, you can take on that role. Um, and really all it is, is being able to share and, and talk to your kids and not complicate things too much. Um, but, you know, we do as a family ministry, make resources available online that you can print out or read to talk to your kids. Um, there's an app, the, the Parent Q app, so it just gives you little um, things each week to think about or a conversation starter to have with your kids or a little game to play that's appropriate for their age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would say that's kind of been my 
learnings. Yeah, and it's interesting for those listening and wondering, like, why is that one of our family ministry values to partner with parents as the spiritual champion? Just for clarity for those listening, it's not because we as a church or we as a family ministry don't feel responsible for the spiritual development of kids or young adults or want to pass the buck. It's because no matter what responsibility we try to take, statistically, it just is a reality that the greatest spiritual influences on kids' lives are mom and dad. We've seen survey after survey where it's it's analyzed the, the effect of development on kids. And I saw one recently where the you know, after mom and dad and grandparents and aunts and uncles or whatever, the, the, the highest ranking church leader or the highest ranking representative from a church was actually seventh in line, was the seventh greatest influence in a child or developing young adult's life. And so even if we wanted to have more influence, we don't in relation to how primary the, the, the parent's uh, influence is. And so for us to maximize the influence we can have in children, we actually want to partner with the primary influence as opposed to assume that we can be more influential as not even a secondary or tertiary, but like a seventh level uh, kind of influence. And so it's just an important concept for us to to grab a hold of as we're thinking about how our family ministry works. Speaking of which, uh, Jade, you've been back into the office now for just over a month What's that felt like? Talk about what it's like to be back in the office. And I know you're not physically in the office really yet. You're still kind of virtual and working from home and things. How, how's all that feel being back to work? Um, I mean, physically, like you said, we're working from home. So it was super weird to come back to work and not be in the office and not see people. Um, you know, like even though it's familiar to me, I felt like I wanted one of those, you know, first day of work for the employee, do this at this time, complete this application, because um, just kind of set up a computer in my, my desk, in my bedroom, and everybody else has their own meetings and stuff going on, and just kind of have to had to try to navigate. I forgot what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's super exciting. It's nice. Um, it's nice to kind of have a bit of balance after being so heavily focused on the family for the past year and a half. Um, and it's exciting to be back into things with family ministry. Obviously the team that I work with is amazing and to get to, um, start reconnecting with some more people in our Southridge community, um, dreaming about things that we could do, um, trying to engage with parents more and, like you said, they, you know, they have the most amount of time with kids and the most influence. So we can put out whatever we want, but unless, especially when uh, the church is closed for services, unless parents are doing something with their kids, what we put out is never going to, going to go anywhere. How, uh, and I know the pandemic complicates this question, but you know, after a year and a half, how have things changed in family ministry versus what's the same from your perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, like, um, I mean, obviously the pandemic has affected everyone's working from home. We're not um, preparing for Sunday services for 300 kids every week. Um, there's been some staffing changes. Jill, who used to be our um, kids specialist, is now working with the shelter team. Um, 
Tamara stayed on, who is uh, covering my mat leave. So yeah, there's been staffing changes, um, like environment changes, um, but there's still the same desire that everybody has to support the families of our church and um, still those weekly rhythms of um, how are things going in everybody's world. Our youth programs are still running virtually. Um, our Brave program is still running virtually. So that's all still been happening. What would you say that you learned the most about our family ministry, not about you at home being the spiritual champion, but what would you say you learned the most about our family ministry by being a recipient of its support over the past year and a half? Mm-hmm. It's so hard to to isolate those things and to um, not have my own experience and, um, you know, passion for family ministry play a part in that. Um but I would say it's really noticeable how important our leaders, our volunteers are in family ministry. Um, you know, having been the, as you say, recipient, um, I know we really, my kids really appreciated in the spring, one of the preschool leaders stopped by for a porch visit when that was allowed and uh, she ended up locking her keys in the car. So we had to call CA, CAW, CAA. CAA. (laughs) So she ended up staying, you know, a bit longer while we waited while I was getting dinner ready. And, um, it was great for the kids to be able to see her. And, um, you know, when, uh, our family ministry did some Advent spiritual practice drop-offs around Christmas time, another time when our, um, volunteers were helping to drop those off and do a quick hello or porch check-in with families. Um, Yeah, so just really seeing the impact of that for the kids and um, what a difference those connections made for them. Hmm, That's a great firsthand experience Mm -hmm. because now looking ahead, I mean, your head now a month in is probably full on into family ministry mode again. So I'd be curious with that parent and now leader uh, perspective, like what do you see as most critical for family ministry these days? Um, yeah, from a parent perspective, we, you know, our parents, grandparents, guardians, whoever's paying, playing that parental role, um, we really are eager to just know how people are doing, how they're feeling. I know we're in uh, maybe a different mindset now than we were at different periods throughout the pandemic, um, but we just really want to know how people are doing. Um, we know that when we were in lockdown and schools were closed, that that was a really challenging time for families. But now that things are opening up a bit, um, we're really kind of, you know, trying to check in and, and see how people are doing and see how we can support them. Um, Cause we can, we can have ideas, we can brainstorm, we can dream, we can put stuff out there, but if it's not actually meeting a need, then, you know, we want to make sure we're meeting those needs for our leaders. I'm really eager having been out of the game for so long to start checking in with um, our volunteers and see how they're doing, how they've been navigating the pandemic. Um, And then, um, you know, as well as checking in on them, we'll need to be kind of reactivating our family ministry volunteer force to, to really serve our families. What do you at this point uh, feel like are the most urgent needs that family ministry needs to face right now? Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, like I said, checking in on families. The other thing is turning our heads to what reopening will look like. Um, I mean, my personality is kind of looking ahead and planning out all the eventualities. Um, but so I'm starting to have some conversations with public health and uh, think about what our spaces will look like, what the room capacities will be, what safety measures do we need to take, um, and just trying to figure out how to sort that out um, for such a large percentage of the church will be um, yeah, a huge undertaking. Um, and then also, like I said, uh, reconnecting with our leaders and other people who aren't necessarily family ministry staff, but who care about kids or families or parents in our community. Um, you know, if we can reconnect and get everybody engaged and kind of on the same page, we'll be able to support families so much better. To the degree that family ministry coming out of the pandemic is a bit of a fresh start or an opportunity for a fresh start. What, what do you see as family ministry's greatest opportunities in this next season? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that to have been closed at the building doors closed for so long, because when we do reopen, I'm anticipating there will be a lot of things that have to change but there's also opportunities to reconsider how we do our programming, maybe the curriculum we use, maybe some of our leaders want to serve in another capacity. Um, yeah, like all, all of those things, um, what our spaces physically look like, um, even beyond family ministry, I think it's reasonable to assume that some families won't be comfortable with their kids in programs and so kids will probably be with their parents in the services so you know I'm thinking about what our how if our services are going to be child-friendly and welcoming to families so they don't feel like they have to stay home for another year you're mentioning reopening now a couple times um you know if I'm a parent of family ministry aged kids what would you want to say to me about any preliminary reopening discussions that you've been a part of now in this last month? Yeah, I would say, like I said, we really just want to know how everybody's doing. So we're really welcoming um, hearing what our families' thoughts and feelings are, where people are at, what their comfort level is, um, what kind of things they hope to see or would make them comfortable to have their kids in care on Sunday mornings. Um, and also just you know, would want them to know that we, even if they don't hear from us frequently, we are talking about them and thinking about them and praying about them every day. And then different perspective, but you mentioned, you know, the volunteer force that both on Sundays and during the week drives our family ministry. For those listening who are eager to serve or eager to serve again, in a family ministry that is in the process of reopening, what, what would you say to those people? Um, yeah, again, you know, same thing. We want to hear from you. I can think of a list of 10 things that can happen even from home or ways that um, I would love to see people getting engaged, whether it's, you know, even just helping us get the physical spaces ready when we are able and safe enough to go into the buildings to do that, um, whether it's praying for uh, parents or kids or uh, family ministry as a whole, um, whether it's kind of 
thinking about who their MS or Little Lights kind of small group or the kids that they would see on Sunday morning is and um, starting to make more personal connections with those parents and kids, um, even right now. Um, yeah, there's lot, there'll be lots of, lots of ways that we can support um, parents and kids, and there will be lots of need. And um, even if we're nervous about kind of reintegrating socially, I know that parents will appreciate um, kind of having people in their corner from the church. And that's kind of right now your job number one a month in, isn't it, to, to kind of contribute to the list of auditing families and continuing to check in on where people are at and how they're doing and to be reaching out to that historical, at least, uh, list of volunteers and to find out how they're doing and ways to preliminarily engage them as well. So sounds like there's a lot of lists in your world these oh, days. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of spreadsheets. <laughs> Hey, as we wrap up, Jade, any final encouragements or challenges to all of our members listening when it comes to the future of our family ministry, especially as we get to look kind of post-pandemic? Yeah, I would just want to say, like, um, you know, the future of family ministry, our kids are actually the future of our church, and they have influence now, even in their schools and with their friends. And so anybody who cares about this, um, Join us in praying for our families and our ability to, to serve them now and potentially in person in the future. Um, and if anybody feels kind of drawn to, to being a, a role model or a leader for kids or a partner for parents, then to lean into that because we would love to have you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with us and uh, welcome back. Thank you. First of all, I know it's, 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 it's weird knowing that you've been tracking for the last year and a half as a church member and engaged in so many of our primary programs um, throughout it to, to say welcome back. But uh, on behalf of us, you know, formally from an employment perspective, welcome back. We're glad you're back in that seat and uh, are ramped up and ready to go. And we're excited to see this next season of family ministry, especially as uh, some reopening uh, is permitted over time. So uh, members know that we'll continue to update you and keep you informed on uh, what that process looks like and what kind of restrictions we have to navigate according to certain protocols. But this is all part of the craziness and the adventure, not just of uh, us as a family ministry and as a church partnering with parents as the spiritual champions for kids, but part of us as a larger community navigating this whole pandemic and beyond. And so not coincidentally, we refer to this podcast as Finding Our Way because that's pretty much what we continue to do. So we look forward to seeing you all uh, in another week uh, as we keep finding our way together. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Take care.